Welcome back to No Thank You Next. I'm Megan. And I'm Rachel. Oh. Oh my god. It's trying to connect to his phone. Oh no. He's gonna hear us! <laughs> he can't know. Oh my god. That's crazy. No, don't. Don't connect to anything. Just connect to me. <laughs> Said every girl ever. <laughs> gosh <laughs> if only because you couldn't hear what it was saying but it was like in my ear and it was just like connecting to i'm like no uh, it always does that connecting to megan's iphone yeah. connecting to megan's laptop and then it won't play my iphone i'm like you're a liar <laughs> just a little fuck boy aren't you <laughs> oh fuck boy bows <laughs> oh, oh that's so oh. funny <laughs> she's into those so hard wow um, before we started, I wanted to really quickly, we haven't even shouted out my brother for all the art. Oh my gosh. I know. I How was have we about, not done that? I know. We posted about it on the Instagram, but Ugh. then I realized people aren't even, my mom doesn't go on our Instagram. So. <laughs> no, my mom doesn't either. Yeah. So I was like, shoot, people don't, some people don't even know. Right? Oh. So if you don't know, mm-hmm. um, so my brother, uh, he's given us two pieces of art that he created. The first one was Rachel and I on a fan boat. And the second was an air horn that won an award. It was employee of the month. Yeah, employee of the month. Um, <laughs> Literally the worst sound ever. I think is like the quote. <laughs> um, so, and it's really good. So go and give him some love on Instagram. And um, if you want art, my brother uh has a lot of free time in the summer as a teacher. <laughs> Maybe you can get some stuff like commissioned. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe throw yeah. him a couple dollars. Yeah, exactly. Get a Venmo. Dude, he has Venmo. Get over there. Right? Zell. He has Chase. <laughs> His account number. Is- <laughs> Three two 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 seven one six two seven. Rachel, That's the routing sh- number. <laughs> That's your account number. <laughs> I just remember um, that off the top of my head from working at Chase because we oh, always had to type is in. Is that somebody's? Number. No, it's every everyone who has an oh. account with Chase on their checks. That is the routing number. So oh. the three two 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 means like this is Chase Bank, and then when you have like Bank of America, All my it's checks like, are Washington Mutual. Five, oh my god! <laughs> just. <laughs> Frame one or like cut off your account number and just give it to me so I can one. see it. Oh I my god. I still write checks to our house cleaner with it. Oh my gosh. Freaking WAMU. That's yeah. when I started working for the bank was when it was still Washington Mutual. Yeah, I think it does say WAMU. Oh god, we had the weird round. Oh, you did work for things. Washington Mutual? I did. And then Chase oh. ate them up. So that's when yeah. we became Chase mm-hmm. and went behind glass. Mm-hmm. Anyways, go find my brother's art. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it'd be funny. <laughs> Because we always divert so Tangent far. central. Yeah, exactly. We always divert <laughs> far off the topic. That's like, yeah. anyways, my brother's art's really great. Oh, wait, at least you remember <laughs> where to go back to. Sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, what were we talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We are going to start with my story. It is the Match.com killer. Ooh. So this is a story of two women and how they matched with a horrible man. 
And this story actually reminded me a lot of Dirty John. Did you listen to that podcast? No, and I didn't watch it either. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see it. And then it just (laughs) floated on by. Oh, my gosh. Connie Britton was so good. I will watch it. I just, you know me. I I watch things like way after the fact. Yeah, and there's like 500. I just finished The Office. Oh, my God. (laughs) I just finished The Office. Like, that's been done for like eight years. And I'm like, I finally finished it (laughs) last night. That's a good point. So... I'll get there. One day when Sam's a teenager, you'll find all the time. I'll catch up. Yeah. Oh, God, seriously. Or when she's at school. Right? I'll be like, then I'll probably be saddled with another kid. Oh, God. (laughs) My reaction, too. You don't have to do it, Rachel. I know, I know. You know, you have choices. It's the the back and forth of just like giving her a sibling and like or not having it's just there there's life experiences where it's just like i would hate if she missed out on that yeah and it's just like you're not guaranteed a sibling they like that's true i've been told that by a number of parents recently actually yeah where they're like don't think that you're just because you're gonna make another baby that they're gonna like each other i'm like i i get that i understand that personalities vary and comes with siblings too but like it's weird when they're so little and they're like hmm just think about it. I'm taking that advice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just think about it. Yeah. Just take your time. Right. There's no rush. Gosh. There's no rush. No. It's not like our ovaries are going to die or anything. No. Our eggs are no, no, okay. not drying up. No, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Anyway. So, we start the story with Mary Kay Beckman. She's 48, living in Vegas, and had just lost her husband to a heart attack. She and her husband were both realtors who were also business partners. So, they were life partners and business partners, both doing realtor stuff. So, this was really devastating to her because not only when she would go home would she remember her husband was gone, she'd go to work and her husband was gone. It was just, like, all over her life. Oh, God. Yeah. So, like most of these stories, after some time of grieving, she decides to get back out into the dating world. She decides to go on Match.com. She hadn't dated in so long that she kind of... She took it really serious when she set up her profile. She wanted to make sure that, in her eyes, she was dateable. But she also wanted to make sure she found a guy that really, like, was as great as her husband, her ex-husband. Right. Or her her, her late husband. Her late husband. Her late husband. Yes. As she's dating online, she goes on tons of dates. And she just can't find that spark that she found with her husband. And it's starting to really, like, wear on her self-esteem. She's Mm -hmm. like, uh, okay. Which, totally have been there. It sucks, though, that you have to... It, it's not a have to. I scrub that. That's not true. But it just sucks how we hold validation in ourselves in other people, even people that we don't even know. Yeah. You want to be validated in a certain sense or you like feel like, yeah, you just kind of get this like this downer feeling when it just doesn't yeah. quite work out in the way that you like hoped that For it would. For sure. Or you compare yourself like. That's the worst. You compare yourself to other couples or you find – you start putting yourself down being like, why can't I find that person? Or mm-hmm. like you – which actually I heard um, Aaron Foster talking about it on a podcast where – and it's so true. And 
not that it's a bad thing, but you have like your married friends being like, I think you should give them another shot. They're really nice. Or you have, I know, Rachel, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to play a claim, but you've definitely I said just that raised to me. my hand right there. Yeah. I was like, just give them another shot. You're yeah. like, no, you don't understand. And it doesn't They're have awful. to be, I think that. Married friends, especially only because they haven't been in the dating game for so long. I'll say like some of my more not single friends, but friends that recently got married or have been in the like world of dating Mm -hmm. somewhat are less like that. But I feel like you do forget. Mm -hmm. And friends that are in relationships or recently married are very much like, just like, yeah, what we have. And it's like, don't you remember? It took you a while to find that. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't just like overnight. Um But you start comparing. You're like, okay, why can't I find that? Maybe I need to settle. Maybe I need to, like, maybe I need to, like, bring the bar down. Maybe my standards are too high. Maybe this and that, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you start questioning yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Every move you make. Yeah. Everything. If it's not someone else, you're doing it to yourself. It's just, it's never ending. As, but one positive thing to come out of that, I think, with your married friends being a little bit more supportive of, like, give them another shot, give them another shot, Uh is because... We're in the circumstance. I mean, we put ourselves there even before we got married, but we were in the circumstance that if we're fighting, it's still not over. Like, I still am invested in what's happening with this person, and I want to make sure that it still works. Like, yes, we're going to argue. Mm -hmm. Yes, we're going to not get along for different periods of time, or our schedules are going to be off. Our, you know, sexual intimacy is going to be off. It's just like anything and everything. But you have to work through those things in order to like have that relationship or have, I mean, even as friends, there's things that you and I don't agree with Mm -hmm. all the time, but we're not going to end our friendship over it because we have like, we have a platform where it's just like, we understand each other and we love each other, but we understand that there are different aspects that we can either choose to like, okay, that's, that's their opinion and this is mine and let it go or yeah. If it's a bigger issue, like, we'll try to work through it. Yeah, like, two things. One thing, yes, you're completely right. In the mentality of a married person, for me, it's so easy to trash something. Yeah. Like, I'll be like, I don't like his shoes. Okay, I'm done. And you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, I don't like my husband's shoes. And we fought yesterday because he was being a dick and we're still married. Yeah. So, like, your mentality (laughs) is totally different. Yeah. But – and then also, um, I think your mentality – also, when you did meet Mike, was there wasn't a dating app. You couldn't find someone in 10 seconds. I was so, basically in the prehistoric ages. <laughs> yeah. And when you met him, it was like so focused on that one person. And yes. he was too. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like there were like a hundred million people around you coming at you with That's dicks true. that are like, I like you too. I like you too. I like you too. Like yeah. that mentality wasn't there. That's So true. I feel like the... The patience that you took to stay with Mike or in the beginning that maybe there were red flags that you pushed to the side. Like, because, because I didn't. I, nobody yeah, else was on my radar. There was no one that was like, I'm better than him mm-hmm. next to him, you know? Right. Yeah, there was no, no there was say, no intrusion of yeah. like my thought process of yeah, why I exactly. wanted this one particular yeah. relationship to work. And it goes yeah. for for anyone who's been in a long-term sure. relationship. Yeah. So I'll say that between those two I things, agree. Yeah. I 1,000% yeah. agree. So, but for sure, I think that, I think we are so easy to dump things mm-hmm. and be like, eh, I don't like that. Whatever. Yeah. It's over. Exactly. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Mary Kay. Mary Kay Jewelers. <laughs> That's not who this is. She's a real litter. Okay. <laughs> So Mary's confidence was going down, but one night while she's on the app, she sees that a man named Wade Ridley messaged her. So he had a profile that seemed pretty normal and they seemed to have a lot in common. 
feel like I stumbled through all of that, but we're going to keep it. <laughs> he was wearing a polo and playing golf. Mary loves golf, so she's into this guy. Wade seems to be pursuing her, so he so this builds her self-esteem right up. He messages her asking her out on a date, and this seems like a turn of events for Mary. They start getting to the real hard facts while they're messaging, and he tells her that he is a stepfather. He had been married previously, but it didn't work out. No kids of his own, but she had two kids, adult children, and he was new to Vegas after moving from Arizona, and he was new to Vegas after moving there from Arizona. He had been dating someone in Arizona who was also a realtor, and... It didn't work out. So he moved to Vegas to start fresh. Um, After a week of messaging, they decided to go out on a date. Wade asks her to dinner and Mary is super excited. But she does the no thank you next rule of telling her friend where she's going to be. So smart. Gotta. You gotta tell your friend where you're going to be. She always would tell her friends where she would be so that she knew she'd be safe. Do the check-in. All that stuff. So... They meet at a local casino in Vegas, and Wade looks just like his pictures. He even pulls her chair when she goes to sit down. He is the kind of man that Mary thought had gone extinct. So she was completely taken aback because she hadn't been treated like this in a long time. So, which, a long time, which, like, was her husband not nice right? towards the end? <laughs> like, <laughs> probably not. Probably the not. The way it was described. <laughs> didn't sound like it. <laughs> I don't want to talk ill. But right. Maybe she grieved for a really long time. Yeah. So they text after the date, which is always a great sign. And Sweet Mary says for the first time that night, she didn't go to bed crying. Oh, I know. Um, she's just so excited for the potential of a new ra- romance in the future with Wade. Like most of us, introducing a woman. Okay, this was like really crazy to me. I was thinking about it when I was writing this. So like most of us, when we are dating someone seriously... We go to introduce our friends to them. And I realized I've never introduced you to any man I've ever dated. Nope. Which is crazy. We tried once. We did try once. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Um, No. um, uh, And I wrote so anyways. (laughs) Um, So Mary decides after the second date. She's having so much fun. Oh, no. After the first date, she decides she really likes him and she wants to invite him to go to the golf club with her and her friends on okay. the second date, which is so soon. I have friends that do that, though. That's and I'm just like, okay. See, my first date was with Mike and his friends. And it was like a kind of a weird oh, that's true. scenario. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I had to like take the day off from work. We ended up going to a Dodger game. It was with people that I barely knew I worked with one of the girls for a month who introduced me to Mike and then the other person who went with us I went I I was going to high school with or went to high school with his younger brother okay who was a year older than me so I'm just like I know I know your family I know like who you are basically without ever meeting you yeah and I had I didn't know Mike at all and it was just a different type of experience yeah I think off the bat yeah. Like, I feel like I have met We made guys. out before we, like, even got home. So, it, like, is fine. Girl, I've been there. <laughs> I, like, met this guy. Well, he was my boyfriend after. But I met him at a friend's birthday party. 
And I've done this several times, actually, where I see them in the hall and then we just make out. And the other guy, the first guy that happened, which my friends, I don't see it from the same perspective, but my friend Jen, who was at the party with, okay, I'm going to tell this story, Jen. (laughs) I'm going to try and tell this story because I think it's so funny. Okay. We used to, this is going to be another episode, guys, of stories. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I love it. I freaking love it. Um... Jen had a boyfriend who had, I think he was in a, he was in a band, but I don't know why he couldn't stand. Were they all in bands? I know. She, <laughs> she was the one that dated like the most bandiest of guys. Like we were all into like Fall Out Boy, Taking Back Sunday. And he was in a band that was just right up our line. Oh yeah. And, um, what was it called? Something line. What's it line? Jen, you'll tell us. Okay. So, um, Anyways, she had this boyfriend, and we were my friend always threw the most epic parties, my friend Shannon. And so she was dating this guy that was in college, and he got us booze. And um, his friend was there, and he and I had never had, like, an interaction that was romantic. If anything, there was another guy that was their friend that uh, he was the first guy I ever made out with. I was 16, and we made out in a hot tub, which... I'm obsessed with pool things. <laughs> like all I ever want to do is make it on a pool. <laughs> right? I don't, I don't know, know what why, it is, but, but it's I when I think back that my first kiss was in a spa, it really makes a lot of sense. I remember making out with boys either in the pool or in the hot tub or something oh and it was God, just like so, it's just it's like next level hot but like 16-year-old hot, you know. I know. It's like cuz you don't know any better when you're and yeah. you're like basically naked cuz all you guys yeah, are wearing are just exactly. like your swimwear and it was just like okay, like the next step is Exactly. seeing you with nothing on and it's exactly. just it's just that that little moment of heat that you get when you're a teenager you're skin to skin yeah <laughs> <laughs> but seriously oh, yeah. we forget about that especially as we get older because half know. the time I'm just like yeah whatever don't touch me <laughs> <laughs> just kidding just kidding just kidding just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. um Anywho, so my friend was with her boyfriend on the couch, and then I was just walking down the hall, and he was walking the other direction, and then we started making out. What? Yeah. That's like some movie shit happening. I don't know why it happened. We both were, of course, a little drunk. And my friend was in the middle of telling her boyfriend, don't worry. (laughs) This isn't going to be like a crazy party. And then you're like... And then they just look and see me, the innocent Megan, making out with this guy, Travis. And yeah. The rest was history. The rest is history. (laughs) It was a weird time where we partied very hard at a college At a very young age. Yeah. Weird times. Anywho... (laughs) Our segue for everything. Anywho, yes. Mm-hmm. So Mary decides that she wants to introduce her friends <laughs> on the second date. That's where that went. Um, she wants to introduce her friends to him. So she invites him to go golfing with her and her friends. Wade ends up helping her friend learn how to swing. And he just is putting on the charm with her and her friends. And because he's charmed her and her friends all day, Mary says, I think you should stay the night. Next level. Oh my god. But it's not what you think. They end up just having deep conversations. They probably have sex too, but that's none of our business. No, it's none of our business. So he confesses during their deep talks that when they get on topic of exes, that his ex took out a restraining order on him, saying it's not a big deal, which 
personally. Yes, it is. <laughs> that is not under the topic of not a big deal. No. <laughs> Somebody straight up reported you to basically the government. Like Exactly. You yeah. are a little bit of a yeah. threat. So he brushes it off saying they just fought a lot and she was dramatic. <laughs> okay. I'm Fucking sure the women, court would be like. vaginas oh, and their God. dramatic events. Their bloody periods. <laughs> Must be the drama. Let's that get a restraining it. order. Oh my God. Yeah, right. Mary is smart and knows that you need proof to get a restraining order out on a person. So there might be something that happened, but Mary is a forgiving woman. And the man in front of her would never do anything like that. No. Nope. Never. So she lets it go. Mary. <sighs> I know. I would have done the same. <laughs> oh, girl. Okay. I think I wrote and I deleted, but in honestly, not judging, I would have 100% done the same thing. I'd yeah, be like, what? I know better. Yeah. Hello, I know my own judgment. You're so nice. <laughs> You're so nice. I don't get that icky feeling from you. Oh, my God. She must have been a bitch. <laughs> she must have been such a bitch. I'm going to be different than her. Right? We're not talking about Mary. We're talking about ourselves and how yeah. stupid we are. <laughs> so dumb. We're so dumb. Okay. So the next morning, she felt like since they opened up that night before, their dynamics shifted. And she started getting texts from a client. And when she looked over her shoulder, there was Wade over her shoulder asking, who are you talking to? Oh, my God. And she's like, this is not a man, not the man I went to bed with. She's just answering the questions because she has nothing to hide, but she isn't blind. This is going south quickly. Oh, no. So she's like, okay, this guy's nuts. And she decides, I'm going to put a password on my phone. So she, like, runs to the other room, puts a password on her phone. This isn't enough to end things, but she is aware that this is a sign she will not forget. And Mary had planned a really fun weekend date for them, but... All of a sudden, their easygoing dynamic is now more of an angry cloud energy dynamic. Very fast? Yep. Just like that. Not good. You know, the second you put your sword in that... (laughs) Clam. Taco. (laughs) Second you cut that taco open, that's that's when the man changes. (laughs) We gotta come up with a better analogy. That was so bad. (laughs) The second you get that hot dog taco... Yeah. 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 So you can get that hot dog in that bun. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> the American treat. <laughs> <gasps> this is an episode's coming out Memorial Day. <laughs> Let's not forget. This is for our heroes, oh right? God. This is the holiday for our heroes. This is for our heroes. The holiday for our heroes. <laughs> and don't forget to barbecue your hot dogs and buns. That's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that you made the correlation that quickly that this is coming out literally on Memorial Day. Yeah. Yeah. Hot oh dogs God. and buns. People get ready. <laughs> Don't forget your tater salad. Tater salad? What's that? Tater salad. Potato salad. It's like the best type of salad. I was thinking that you of tater tots with salad. Day. I was thinking of tater tots. Like, oh, that would that? actually be really good. I know. You should got like that heat and the crunch. Oh my God. Yeah. All right, let's go bake some French fries and oh my God, get so my leftover arugula and see if it works. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh okay. Ready? Okay. <laughs> Mary tries doing things to cheer him up in the car because she's like, ooh, this is not good. And on the way, she's like, oh, it's Sunday. I really like this radio station. They like to play live music. 
And Wade's like, why? Live music sucks. And this shit sounds horrible. What the fuck? What? You're a real piece of shit. What? I don't like music. <laughs> okay. Excuse me. Get out of my car. I would just get that for that right there. I would just be like, boy, bye. Excuse me. Get out of my car. Yeah. So they get to the golf club and she had made plans to actually meet up with her friend that he had met the day before and the friend's husband. So they're walking and so they get out. They like get out of the car and they walk a little bit. And he's like, oh, shit, I forgot something in your car. Can I get your car keys? And she's like, yeah, sure. So she gives her the car, gives him the car keys. And he's like, oh, and can I get your phone? And she's like, why do you no. need my phone? Yeah. And he's like, just give it to me. And she's like, no. no. And she starts to walk away. And he's like, fucking give me the phone. <gasps> right? Like, excuse me. No. Uh, so uh-uh. she knows that she just needs to, like, get through this night. So she just walks away. She's like, I'm not going to deal with this bullshit. And he's getting very crazy. But she, in her mind, she's, like, kind of in survivor mode of, like, okay, I need to get through this dinner. I need to drive him home. Like, I need to just get through this. Mm -hmm. So as they go to dinner, or as they're at dinner, Wade turns into, like, a total tool in front of the woman's husband and pretends that he's friends with a bunch of hockey players. And it turned out the husband is a pro hockey player and knows all those people because they're his friends. What? Yeah. And he's like... Like, I never heard from... I never heard of you. Exactly. He's like... Uh, I know those people aren't friends with you. Yeah. But Wade just keeps going, pretending that he's friends with all of them. And then he starts going to Mary being like, I'm sorry you're having such a bad time. I bet you wish I wasn't here. Like, just being such... Just so melodramatic. Yeah. Being just... And just making it seem like she's the one causing all of this. Yeah. When it's him. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. He's trying the reverse psychology mode, but hopefully it doesn't Mm. go too far. I know. Mm. Mary ends up texting Wade as soon as they get home to let him know, hey, I think this is not going to work out. And in a text, because girl... He seemed crying. Mm-mm. So three months go by and Mary ends up meeting someone through work. Finally, things are turning up Mary. Uh, <laughs> on Friday night after work, one night, this is three months later, she meets up with friends to catch up and grab a drink. Normal Friday night. As the night winds down, she decides to go home because she had a busy Saturday planned. It's 930 and she pulls into her driveway driveway and she hadn't been home all day but she notices that her garage is slightly open she knows she closed it in the morning so she knows something is a little off so she goes in through the house and then she tries to turn on the light in the garage but she ends up getting punched in the head and goes down a man then stabs her seven times in the body and three times in the head (gasps) And then the knife breaks. So then he just starts kicking her in the head and bashing in her head. After all of that, she's still alive. Oh, my God. So he decides, I'm going to step on her neck to basically close her air pipe. Right. And then he steps on her neck until he hears a snap. (gasps) I know. God. And then when he hears a snap, he runs to his car. Mary is still alive. Alive. No. Yes. Oh my God. So a neighbor. Like, yes, but no. I know. Oh my God. A neighbor didn't hear or didn't see the attack, but heard Mary screaming. Oh my God. So she runs over there and calls 911. The person who attacked her had taken her purse and her phone. 
So Mary goes into surgery and all she has is a brain injury and she survives and is discharged two days later or a few days later. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I was straight up blown away. I was like a few days later. Yeah. What? Like the amount of internal injuries from the stab wounds. Like it must have been a really shitty knife and they didn't get like just didn't get very far. And he didn't kick very well. I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, to survive that is awful. Hopefully her brain just, like, puts a blanket over that experience and goes, you don't ever have to remember this. And she... Yeah. Oh, God. Well, that's my, like, positive fucking thinking. (laughs) Let me tell you. My false hope. (laughs) Um, So she's strong as fuck, and she... Basically, her head is shaved, and she just has tons of stitches, and her friends are like, she was swollen as fuck, and basically... She should have stayed in the hospital for a year, in my opinion. Oh my like, God. it's so nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So Mary Mary is questioned after she is released from the hospital, and she doesn't remember anything. And there were no witnesses. So police have no idea who, no idea who would have done this. They start close, so they start interviewing her family and friends, but everyone checks out. So they did, they did get a full set of fingerprints off of the knife's handle, but it didn't match anyone in the database. So, again, a dead end. It's now been three weeks. So, I'm going to let you guys in on who did this. That's so crazy. Like, I remember being a kid mm-hmm. and <laughs> and being photo- – like, uh, having our fingerprints taken, like, for fun. Oh, uh-huh. So, to know that somebody isn't in the database, like, just kind of blows my mind. Because we used to go to just, like – Hey, you could go ride horses and get balloon animals and here's some snacks. And Wait, oh, where? by the way, get in the in Barstow, get in this line and have your fingerprints taken and you get to meet McGruff and at the what? very end. And it was just like this, yeah. I and uh, yeah, I got a funny story about doing that. Um, I'll tell you later. Okay. But, Wait, um, but like Rachel, you know that's not normal, right? <laughs> but that's that's what they did on the military base. We oh, were, the military. Okay. Uh, yeah, I lived in the yeah. military base okay. in Barstow. That, so yeah, no. In we, normal world, we didn't get that, fingerprinted no. for fun. I got that, but I'm trying to think. Like in elementary school, like I kind of remember somebody coming in, maybe around like third or fourth grade in my elementary school, and it wasn't like a private school; it was public, and we got our That's fingerprints so taken then weird. too. And we had to like it was like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday type of like a platform where it was just like oh, the thumb yeah. goes here, index goes in this next box, your middle finger goes in this next box, and oh. like yeah, we got. Uh, I've had my fingerprints taken like probably like 10 times. Like I could never commit a crime because my shit is in there. And your fingerprints, even though you grow, your fingerprints don't change. Really? You're in the database forever. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. My eight-year-old fingerprints are still out there. so weird. Yeah. No, I've only been fingerprinted because I worked with kids like at the YMCA and stuff. You have to like be fingerprinted to get a job with kids. (laughs) They freaking got us by the masses. You want to meet McGruff? Come meet this police That's officer and so have your fingers. Even with the Dare program, your fingerprint I mean, taken honestly, when you're seven. I may have like with the Dare program, but I don't remember that. But I oh thought- yeah, because the Dare program would come to the school, and I think they would ask you if you would want to do it. And so many people were like, "Yeah, I want to get my fingerprints taken because you have the ink all over your hands. You got to like touch your friends with it and like make a mess." I feel like that would need parent approval. <laughs> It didn't. In the 90s, it did not need parent approval. Kids and animals, no one cared about us. Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Oh, my God. Sorry, but that's just... No. That's... It's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. The person who did this did not get fingerprinted. (laughs) They were not in the database. (laughs) So, the person who did this is Wade. 
the crazy boy, boy, man that she met online. So I'm letting you in on this because now we're going to follow Wade and where he's going. Because what happened after he stabbed and abused Mary, he did some other shit. After he got in his car, he drove straight to Arizona. When he had mentioned an ex had a restraining order against him, that was true. See, he was a very jealous and delusional man. And four years prior to meeting Mary, he was dating a woman, Anne Simonson. Anne was online dating in Phoenix, just looking for love, and she met Wade. Wade did his charming game and actually moved in with Anne. And one night, when Anne went out with friends and came home, she found Wade with, okay, what are those? Are they called cutting shears that you do for bushes? Yeah. Okay. She found him with cutting shears and he accused her of cheating and he was like using them as like a weapon. Oh my God. And he was like, tell me, tell me where you were. Well, Wade didn't account oh. for Anne's sister to be inside the house waiting for her to come home. I mean, I knew, I think he knew that she was there, but Wade didn't, didn't account that the sister had a 38 caliber gun. <gasps> and when he sees, when she sees what he's doing and she comes out to see if her sister's okay, she says, Wade, turn around. Oh my and God. she has the gun pointed at him. So he leaves. They call the police and they get the restraining order against him. And now it had been four years after that. Oh, wow. Anne had moved on and started dating a super sweet man named Glenn. And one afternoon, Glenn comes home and finds Anne dead. Anne had gone into the garage for something and the side door had been open. Out pops Wade. He grabs her from behind, pulls her into the laundry room, and with a large knife, he murders Anne. He stole a bunch of the boyfriend's clothes, watches and jewelries, things that he could pawn, and he stole her car. Police didn't have any clue who would have done this to Anne, and Glenn couldn't sleep. He was so sick over it. So he decides to get the idea to track his credit card because they were stolen by the killer as well. Mm -hmm. He logs into the credit card website and sees the activity, and he sees that there had been 10 charges in the last few hours. And they brought sneakers, went to get gas. So now he is able to plot a direction the killer is heading. He calls the police and has tells them he tells them what he's been tracking and they tell him not to call the bank because they are able to track his whereabouts. Mm -hmm. And he was basically going up Arizona towards Vegas again. So they notify Vegas PD of the situation and the car that he's in because he stole the car. So now they know the exact car that he's in. Yeah, exactly. Wade makes his way into Vegas and calls Mary's office, essentially making sure she was dead. But at work, she goes by NK, MK, or Mary K. So when he asks the receptionist, is Mary there? She says, no one by the name works here. So he, of course, flips out in anger because this isn't the answer he had planned on. Mm -hmm. The receptionist is concerned because he then kept calling. So they call Mary to let her know, hey, this man keeps calling our office. Oh, God. Asking for a Mary. And, of course, you're the only Mary that works here. So she gets worried thinking, of course, this is a person who attacked her. And she's just resting at home trying to recover. And now her friends are concerned for her whereabouts because she's in her house. I would be so fucking scared. I know. So now her friends and family, like, basically stay with her. She's never left alone. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Wade had made a list of five people he intended to kill who had wronged him in his eyes. Mary, Anne, his ex-wife, 
her new boyfriend, and his ex-boss. Mary was stopping him from going on to kill the next because she hadn't died. Police are on the lookout around the Vegas area for the van and find it three days after he made all those creepy calls. They say they saw the plates from out of they saw the plates that were from out of state and when they ran it they saw that there was a warrant out for the person driving that car. Mm-hmm. They question him and about killing Anne and he confesses immediately and also confesses to attacking Mary. Wow. Police hadn't put it, put that together so they were able to close that case as well. They tell Mary that it was Wade that she sh- that had attacked her and she was completely shocked because she hadn't even thought of him at all. He said he stabbed the women because they had treated him like trash and he wanted it to be a personal attack. He said he could have bought a gun and killed them, but he wanted them to be, to feel like it was personal and he wanted them to feel the pain. God. I know, isn't that sick? That's fucked up. I know. He also admits to not taking his bipolar medication and trying to commit suicide several times, which like... Wish that would have taken. Yeah. Um, he says Mary breaking up with him was the final straw. And when they broke up, he was up in San Francisco and tried to kill himself and ended up in a psychiatric hospital for three months, which is why he was MIA. Right. But he went back to Vegas after getting out of the psychiatric hospital and saw Mary and was triggered. Triggered. <laughs> <She's a sister. laughs> he was triggered. He was sentenced to no less than 28 years and no more than 70 for the attack of Mary. But while awaiting trial for Anne, he suffocated himself in jail and died. Oh, my God. I know. So in 2013, Mary filed a negligence case against Match.com for $10 million, claiming Match has a duty to warn members of violent people using their platform because they they had the knowledge about other people who had complained about Wade's behavior. Specifically for Mary, that platform knew Wade was a dangerous man. They were still allowing him to use their services. The lower court dismissed this case, but in October of 2018, it made it to the Ninth Circuit. It got really technical, but basically under Nevada law, Match felt they didn't have to warn anyone because people using their site are technically not in a special relationship. They tried to fight so that the website would warn people if they were matched with people who have gotten been complained about who have been violent. Okay. But Match.com said that would violate their privacy. There was no real conclusion on the ruling of the Ninth Circuit, so I'm not sure if it's still being reviewed, but likely the way that the article was going, it didn't seem like it was, oh, basically going to go Mary's way. Like, but... If the person's like a sex offender and they're on Match.com and they're like, sorry, it's a violation of privacy. But they um, wouldn't I'm know sorry, that. They are a violation of everybody's privacy because they are a sex offender. Like, yeah. they are problematic. Match.com or any platform wouldn't know that because oh, they don't do God. background checks. It would be simply yeah, like if women people. complained. Okay. Yeah. Which I'll say, like, unfortunately for women like me, like, if you use Match.com, apparently they don't give a fuck. But Bumble does give a fuck. And during, like, the um, the whole gun control mm-hmm. thing that occurred, like, a couple years ago. Not even a couple. It was, like, a year ago. Yeah. But um, they banned any person or, yeah, they I don't know if they banned them or made them take it down. But any photo that had a gun was not allowed on Bumble. Which is a lot of like, I noticed like a lot of people that would visit LA that were from like Texas or Mm -hmm. anything like that would be like 
gun like with their camo things like that that was yeah. completely banned you're not allowed to do anything like that right um and they take things very seriously like there was one guy that was like super rude to me and i i basically like wrote in being like and hey. notified yeah and they were like oh is there anything else you can tell us like basically. that's how it should be if you're yeah. providing a service for people to meet each other you mm-hmm. need to provide a safe service for for people to meet each other. So I'll say Bumble is very feminist and very women, pro-women. Like that was the whole idea of protecting. Yeah. That's good. But they do a good job on the back end of making sure that Oh my God, that's so crazy. I mean, I could get why Match is like, it's not our fault. Yeah, it's a business. But at the same time, like you're a business that like has... Provides interactions with other people. Like that's your MO. You need to like make sure that you're... Where are your standards? Exactly. Yeah. Anyways, don't use match.com apparently. Uh, they're a bunch of assholes. Uh, yeah. And they charge you money. That's so fucking stupid. Yeah. It's like they're not getting any ad revenue, so they want to get it from yeah. the people who are subscribing to their app. Yeah. They're don't just use Bumble. Oh my gosh. Or Tinder if that's what you want. Yeah. But. Wow, that shed a whole new light on I the know. dating apps like that. I know. Kind of Isn't that crazy? Yes. So unfortunately <sighs> for Ian, poor Glenn. He was so sweet. Oh my gosh. That's but, just yeah. Mary uh, survived. That's fantastic. She told her own story when I watched it. That does not and it happen was very, in very very crazy. <clears throat> that blows my mind. I know. Oh my goodness. Well, my story. Oh my gosh. My story will have you on one of either side. Oh god. Yeah, it's okay. it's kind of it's a bizarre case. Okay. But it's it's interesting. Okay, so this is about um, Jim and Sandra Melgar. I don't know if you've heard about them. But this very conflicting story about the two of them uh, is very frustrating to me. Um, and I really don't know whose side to be on. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm kind of, like, with the, the conviction, but I'm still, like, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. So the details are really fuzzy. The jury had to really rely on police interviews, a semi-halfway decent supply of evidence, and the storyline of how things took place. Okay. But, uh, yeah, this story will have half of you wondering if the jury got it wrong or if the conviction is true justice. Mm. So Jamie Melgar, or Jim... He was born in Guatemala and his family, so it's his parents and his older brother, Herman, they immigrated to the U.S. when he was three. His family made a home in Houston, Texas, and Sandra's family was already residing in Houston. The two met in high school and started dating, and the rest is history. Okay. Little, little high school sweethearts. Aww. Aww. My parents are high school sweethearts. Aww. Sweet little things. <laughs> so Jim and Sandra, they dated through high school. They got married two years after they graduated, and they had baby Elizabeth. Sandra became a nurse, and Jim became an IT specialist, and the family – including the daughter, was all baptized Jehovah's Witness. Mm. So the religion of Jehovah's Witness always just, like, kind of blows my mind. I had a friend what who was it? Jehovah's Witness, and, like, I just I just know that you, you don't celebrate anything, not even your birthday. That's so weird. And you're not allowed to really, like, when we would give her gifts, like, she just wouldn't know what to do with them because she was just like, I'm, I cannot accept these, even though it was her birthday. You just – it wasn't it wasn't allowed. Did she call it her birthday? No, she just ignored it. But, like, we knew that 
that was when she was born. So like her friends would be like, hey, happy birthday. I know you don't celebrate it, but I do. And she was just like, it's just another day. And like Christmas would come and go. Like Thanksgiving would come and go. It just any normal holiday that or any holiday that we would deem normal. They just Mm -hmm. they don't they didn't celebrate anything. So So I I just I always felt like she was missing. Missing out yeah. on a lot because there's just not a lot of cel- – there, there's no celebration for anything to happen. Yeah. It's just – Why? So sad. <laughs> I know. So so Sandra, we'll get a little bit of background on her. She walks with a cane. She's in her, like, mid-50s. Okay. She has a slew of medical conditions. She's got lupus. She's got epilepsy. Just see, okay. She's got hypo hypo. <laughs> thyroidism her hip replacements suck it's just anything and everything that could go wrong in this woman's body like is happening poor thing and um the hip hip replacements are probably why she has to walk with a cane yeah her sweet sweet husband is very involved with researching her conditions and her treatments just anything that may help her be comfortable and be put at ease. And um, plus she's a nurse. So I'm sure she's got like a plethora of information on like what's going on with her and how she can kind of treat herself at home. Um, She's got grand mal seizures that were occurring so often that she became dependent on Jim driving her places. She just could not be trusted to like operate a car. Just wasn't going to happen. So even though she had all of these ailments, they were still a fun and loving couple. They would trade hosting off costume parties with their friends and their family. Pictures all looked super happy. Yeah, like I saw pictures in an interview of like one of their really good friends. And they're just like they would swap um, costume parties and they would do like Pretty a 70s. <laughs> I know, right? They would do like a 70s themes night and like Aww. everybody would come with like their crazy like afros so or like roller skates or like bell bottoms and all this other stuff. And they would just they would just theme all of their parties. So they were just always down to have a good time. Super happy. I want to do that. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get my husband to dress up for Halloween and like <sighs> we've been together for so long. I think he's only dressed up like maybe three out of the 13 years we've been together oh my god yeah this man is maybe just, sam will get him to do it i hope so Aww. one day it's my mission in life is to get him to celebrate halloween on the same level that i do oh <laughs> which is a really hard yeah high bar to set <laughs> dang ain't that true <laughs> so they wanted to celebrate their 32nd wedding anniversary with family and friends. And this was in December of 2012. I think their anniversary is like on the 23rd or 24th of December. Okay. So it's the 20, it's the night of the 22nd. By this time, their daughter is in her 30s and she's married and she doesn't live at home. Like, so the parents are like free to do whatever they want. Yeah. So Jim and Sandra, they go to dinner at their favorite local Mexican restaurant, which is Don Cucos. Oh, my God. I love Don (laughs) Cucos. So good. Oh, my gosh. (sighs) So good. Is that everywhere? It's basically everywhere. Let us know. (laughs) (laughs) They go to the CVS afterwards. That's like kind of near their house. (laughs) They go and get a handle of vodka, two liter bottle of Coke, because you could see like all of that, like in the. Oh. In like the photos of like <gasps> what happened? Oh there, shit! It's just a giant handle. Oh my god! A couple of cups and like a big old soda bottle. Oh, yeah. Shit. So, have you ever seen Super Troopers? 
Yes. Oh, my God. Every, every time I would read, like, them going and buying supplies, it was a two-liter bottle of Coke. I just kept going, like, a goddamn liter of cola. For fucking- <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I haven't like- memorized it. I don't oh, remember. It's a- Pull over. I'm already pulling over as far as I can. <laughs> oh, that was at the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. Fucking That's Farba. Fun. They go to, like, this burger place, and he, like, orders a burger, and the guy's like, one cheeseburger? It's for a cop? And he's like, why'd you say it's for a cop? Are you you guys gonna spit in my food or something he's just like <laughs> hold the spit <laughs> so yeah he asked for a liter of cola oh and he's like god. i don't know what that is he's like i said a goddamn liter of cola oh my god <laughs> it's the on- only soda reference i have <laughs> <laughs> so they get their goddamn liter of cola and they go home <laughs> to get their party and their swerve on Ooh. they spend a couple hours in their jacuzzi tub in the master oh, bathroom God. real theme this episode <laughs> i know right <laughs> and they're in there for a couple hours there's like a tub of like strawberries and cream like right next to it Ooh. like they're like full-on romance so romantic Shit. oh my gosh and they're having their drinks it was a good night so around midnight or like 1 a.m they have like four dogs in their backyard and they just start barking, going crazy. Who knows? Mm. Maybe they saw a bird. Maybe they heard something. At Maybe they saw Rachel. something. I don't know. <laughs> it's a ground squirrel. <laughs> I was something talking about happens. the birds at night. <laughs> there are no birds at night. Have you ever noticed? <laughs> Fucking nightingales. I don't know. <laughs> They're in Houston, Texas. I don't know what kind of bird. I don't know that territory. (laughs) I've never been in Texas. There's night owls. I mean, there are ground squirrels. There is shit out there. (laughs) Lightning bugs. Yes, there's something that gets. (laughs) Something happens. Great example. Oh my gosh, it's pretty good. Got it. (laughs) So whatever it was, got it. Jim gets out of the jacuzzi tub and goes to check it out. Oh, okay. And so he's just gonna go in the backyard, let the dogs back in the house. Like, quit your damn barking! It's one a.m. Yeah, damn uh, it! I have a terrible Houston accent. <laughs> we eat strawberries. I know. <laughs> so about fifteen minutes goes by since Jim left the hot and heavy jacuzzi tub. And Think doesn't come back. Think it with hot water. Right? <laughs> She's just turning on the faucets, <laughs> trying to, like, refresh it. Oh, my God. We've all been guilty of doing that. I just can't imagine sitting in a tub with someone else, though. It's hard to do. I think I tried to make Mike take a bath with me once, and he was just like, I've never fucking doing this again. It was so uncomfortable. There's no room. There's no room. But their jacuzzi tub is massive. Oh, okay. Yeah, they can literally sit at opposite ends and, like, touch each other's feet. Yeah. Wow. Curl, I looked up pictures. Of course you did. (laughs) How does their street look? Oh, my God. They have such a nice block. They live in a brick house. It's a nice neighborhood. It's like a cul-de-sac. Oh, my God. (laughs) Of course you did. Of course you did. Of course I Googled their home. So Sandra gets out of the tub and she goes to the closet to go put some lotion on, go get dressed because it's been 15 minutes and who knows where Jim is. Her skin. She's turning pruny. She's just got to get out. She's got to get out. (laughs) So and that's that's it. That's all she can remember happening that night. What? That's that. So, because they are celebrating their anniversary, 
they kind of were doing their own like personal anniversary celebration the night before. And then the next night they were going to have family and friends over to do like a full on like party for their 32nd wedding anniversary. And it's around 4.30 p.m. Jim's brother Herman, his wife and his daughter, they knock on the front door. It's seriously such a cute neighborhood. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but they knock on the door, and on there's that cute door, and there's no answer <laughs> on that super cute door and that super cute neighborhood. <laughs> uh, but they notice that one of the garage doors is open, and usually that's not the case. Oh. So they notice it open, and it leads to an unlocked door into the home. So it's his brother. Whatever. I mean. I enter homes yeah, that yeah, have yeah. unlocked doors all the time. Try your door first. <laughs> so they go into the home without thinking twice about it. The door opens. They go inside, and he Herman just tells his family, "Like, go settle in the living room. Oh. You know, get yourself something oh, no. to eat out of the kitchen, whatever." Yeah. But then they notice that like there's no like party like atmosphere. atmosphere there's no food there's no drinks there's no balloons streamers like there's no music like there's there's nothing it's just dead quiet and everything is left exactly how it was from the night before <sighs> so they are like okay this is eerie not good yeah so since they know that something doesn't feel right they try calling to the couple and seeing if they can hear anything and they hear a muffled sound coming <gasps> from upstairs oh god eventually it's they realize it's Sandra and she's yelling for help. The door to her bathroom, like closet area, is blocked by a chair that has been like shoved <gasps> up and under the handles to like lock her in. And she is found inside her closet with her feet in her hands bound. But where's Jim? He is found nude, beaten, and stabbed to death in his closet. And they don't know what happened. So there is blood smeared on the walls in the in the closet. There's spatter in the closet, outside of the closet, and into the bedroom and like on the bed. Like there's blood spatter everywhere. His legs were tied with a telephone cord, like a like a small, thin little telephone cord that you used to like plug into the wall and like plug into like your home phone. Uh-huh. Like the real, real. They're like yeah. smaller than these cables. So he was all tied up with that. And then there was another like red rope that was tied around like his arms and his chest. He had 50 wounds total, including 31 stab wounds and blunt force trauma to his head and his face. There's a safe in the closet with a gun in there and there's blood on the handle of the safe. But the gun was left untouched. He got in? It looks like he opened it and got in it. But like the gun just was there. Like, he didn't even reach in. Like, there's n- there's no blood in or around or fingerprints in or around. It's just on the handle after you get the safe open. Yeah. So, dresser drawers and jewelry boxes were pulled out of place, rifled through, looked like someone was looking for something. But nothing was stolen from their room. No jewelry. Like, a wallet was emptied out and a purse was emptied out on the bed. But nothing was taken as far as, like, those goods are concerned. Yeah. And the jacuzzi tub is still full of water. There is a blouse, a kitchen towel, and a six-inch chef's knife laying at the bottom of the murky water. So it's like, okay, someone must have done this crime and, like, just tossed everything into the tub, hoping, like, that'll get rid of my fingerprints. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I just thought that it did. Oh, my God. I just... Dude, who knows? So... 
Sandra doesn't remember anything, as she puts it, and she knows that it looks convenient. She's just like, I know that it looks really convenient that, like, I may have passed out in my closet while my husband was getting murdered. Wait, but the chair was on the outside of the closet, right? Yeah. But then how would you get a chair to... Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so she thinks that... No, these are all, these are very good questions because I had those two and then they were eventually oh, answered and shit. it was just like kind of like crazy how it happened. So Sandra doesn't remember anything. She thinks that she either had a seizure because she's got all of those health problems and she's got grand mal seizures. Yeah. So she thinks she had a seizure... And blacked out or was knocked out by an intruder because she said she had a lump on her head. But that could have been from, like, falling and bumping into something Hmm. or just who knows. So she tells the police that she thinks that she remembers a car trailing them as they were leaving CVS. But that car didn't follow them all the way home. She just thought it was suspicious. Hmm. There was a nearby neighbor who was working in his garage until 1 a.m. And he didn't hear anything or notice anything suspicious to happen. And he's like, if there was going to be a robbery, I feel like this person would have come into my house because I was like, I was off guard. My garage is already open. They could have easily come in and like tied me up instead of going to this other house. Like, he just looked at it a, a little bit differently, but said he didn't hear or see anything happen. Okay. Sandra is trying to put all the pieces back together. There's no evidence that she was taken to see a doctor before being taken into questioning. But there's, I mean, anytime somebody calls 911, not only do the police show up, but an ambulance shows up. Mm -hmm. And they always want to, like, take your vitals and make sure everything's okay. Yeah. So even though she says that she wasn't taken to a doctor, I'm sure that somebody was able to, like, check her vitals and check her out, make sure she was okay Mm -hmm. before she went to... The police station. So, like, that's, like, another conflicting thing when you listen to the family because they're, like, she wasn't treated fairly. She wasn't even taken to a doctor. Nobody actually, Mm. like, got to look at her properly. Mm. But, I mean, in incidences where people call 911, an ambulance is always there. So, I'm sure she received some sort of medical attention, but maybe it just wasn't the same that she thought she deserved or that the family thought she deserved. So as far as her family, her daughter, their friends, they didn't believe this. Like, how could she do anything with those health issues? Like, people really thought that, like, Sandra may have had, like, a blackout breakdown where she just, like, went crazy on her husband. So there's no motive, no confession from Sandra, and there's no, like, concrete evidence that proves that she did or didn't do it. Mm -hmm. So Sandra is a suspect. She was questioned for like three hours, Hmm. um, but she wasn't arrested. So when she was in her questioning, I saw a video of of her trying to like remember the questions that they were asking and saying that when she comes out of a seizure, she can't even remember her own name. So trying to get her Hmm. to remember certain events that happened right before is very, very hard for her. So... She's just, she's not arrested, but she's not off the hook. Okay. It takes about a year and a half, but in 2014, a grand jury indicted Sandra for the murder of her husband, Jim. Mm -hmm. Under state law, the grand jury has to be kept secret, so no one knew that this indictment was coming. Three years later, the case went to trial in 2017. So, like, 
It was a progression for this case. So the more details that are told about what happened, the more that it doesn't make sense. Sandra said someone must have broken in, but investigators don't find a forced entry into the home. It's just that their garage door was open, which wasn't really the norm. And the crime scene photos show a story that didn't match. Like whatever she was saying, photos didn't add up. So Sandra visited a neurologist after the murder and made no mention of a seizure that night. And medical records show that she was improving. And then she told police in an interview that she was only having about maybe one seizure a month. But it was that was like a guesstimate. But as far as her medical records look, like she was on the up and up. Like she was she was fine. Shit. So prosecutors believe that Sandra wasn't really happy with her life in her marriage. She wanted a divorce, but had a fear of being shunned by her peers of the Jehovah's Witness religion. Oh, shit. Yeah. She thought that they were basically going to like outcast her for getting a divorce because it was just something that you just do not do. Religion, people. (sighs) I know. It's a scary thing. God. It's almost as scary as marriage. Apparently. (laughs) It's as scary as divorce, murder. Yep. Plus, there's that $500,000 life insurance policy on Jim. Button, button, button. Button. (laughs) I'll take the blue button for a thousand, please, Alex. Please. (laughs) Oh, my God. So they believe that she would rather stage a home invasion and make it look like an accident and, and like, have some drinks, get Jim drunk, maybe get a little adventurous with some sex toys because they found sex toys hidden underneath the pillows of their bed and she was just gonna tie him up and take him by surprise <gasps> by coming at him with a kitchen knife oh shit. and he may have tried to get to the closet to get to the gun to defend himself and that's where he was attacked the hardest and stabbed to death because when you look at the crime scene photos like there is blood everywhere in this closet like this man was like backed into a corner And he has. How did she overpower him? I don't know if she had as much to drink as he did, or if she just like would make. But she had bad hips. Yeah, I I don't know if she was stronger than what we were all meant to believe. But I mean, if someone's in an inebriated state, they could be taken over a little bit easier. It's just like because you don't really know what's happening. You're trying to like. Wait, what? You know, like you're in a fog. And I feel like that if, I mean, if Jim was in sound mind, she probably wouldn't have been able to like Hmm. do all this. But that's why it's a very strange story. Yeah. So he had defensive wounds on his hand and one of his thumbs was nearly severed. (gasps) Um, I hate when that happens. And it turns Oh man, my thumb's gone. I hate it when that happens. I mean, the stories. When you're like, they defended themselves and their finger was on yes. the top. It's like, ah! That's that the worst. Like, too, like, can you imagine? I came in with a paper cut. And I know. Imagine the, wanting to survive so deeply. Just the hardest defense you've ever had in your life. Yeah. So the blood spatter from like a main artery in your thumb oh. kind of created a lot of <gasps> spatter in the bedroom. Oh, no. And so, yeah, they're, that's why they're – they were like, okay, we're certain that this happened in the closet and not oh, like straight up on the bed yeah. is because of the pattern of which this went. Yeah. So uh, prosecutors believe that even when being attacked, you don't want to shoot your spouse with a gun. You just want to disarm them, even though 
it led to Jim's demise. Like he, yeah. he probably immediately was like, I got to take her down yeah. or I got to take whatever is happening to me down. Yeah. But then when you get to it, it's just like, do I really want to do that or not? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of his defensive wounds came from was probably trying to like grab at the person who was stabbing him. And it just yeah, didn't, yeah. didn't work out in the same fashion that he had hoped. So Sandra and the defense argue that she was tied up too. Yeah. She was in her bathroom, couldn't get out of her closet, bound for 15 hours. And prosecutors are able to show in a video of her actual home how easy it is to pull a pillow sham, which was under the chair, blocking the door to slowly like pull that chair and like block the door yourself, even though you're trapped inside of it. So what they did was like, they turned the chair at like a little like 45 degree angle and then, and then pulled it towards the door. And then they were able to like kind of reach under the door and pull a pillow sham and like pull the door to go or pull the chair to go underneath the door. So that the chair locked them into the closet I saw it on video. It was kind of mind boggling. Yeah. So they were just like, this is how easy it is to lock yourself into a closet. There was a pillow sham underneath the chair that was blocking the door. So they're like, you use this. What? Yes. It was kind of crazy. And prosecutors also show in a video of how easy it is to tie yourself up. (gasps) Because they took like this um whatever, like a scarf or something and Uh knotted it in a certain area. And like you can twist one hand around it. And tie it and then pull, put your hands behind your back and put your hand in the bigger loop and then like rotate that hand like 180 degrees and then like put it in a different hole. And it looks like you are just stuck and struggling and just cannot get out of this hole, even though you can do it yourself. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it, fucking bananas. <laughs> like it, it blew my mind. Oh, my God. So. The defense argues that Sandra's hands are clean. None of her nails are broken and she's not cut in any way. Yeah. Wouldn't she have? Bl- oh, I mean, but it just depends on the closet. Yeah. After. So but the photos of her hands like it seriously like my hand is just like normal pale white girl hands with like a little yeah. bit of like veiny action happening. Yeah. Hers were turning purple. Her hands looked really, really beat up. I'll. I'll include the picture. It's like a subtlety, but you can tell they're starting to turn a little purple. Interesting. So, yeah, they just, they look bruised to me. By the way, her defense lawyer is Kathleen Zellner. So, if you know her name, she's Stephen Avery's lawyer from Making a Murderer on Netflix. Oh, she also was um, somebody else's lawyer, too, that I... Like like a famous case type of scenario? Yeah, I can't remember. I feel like I just heard that recently for yeah. something else. But this was one of the one of the bigger ones is because she's still wow. she's Stephen Avery's lawyer. Yeah, so it's still in jail. So. I know. Well, <laughs> this <laughs> it took about two days for the jury to come up with a verdict, so about eight hours total, and they came up with the guilty verdict. Sure. The police interviews helped the jury decide on the second day of deliberations because, like, only three of them were like, she's guilty, and the other ones were, like, on the fence or, like, there's no way she could be. And then after hearing all of the evidence and then watching the police interviews at the beginning, every single one of those maybes turned into a yes. Oh, wow. That, yeah, she did it. So 
Sandra Melger was convicted of first degree murder of her husband, Jim, on August 23rd, 2017. She sentenced to 27 years in prison, eligible for parole in February of 2031. She will be about 70 years old around then. And she is on her 14th appeal to overturn her murder conviction. Whoa. Yeah. Talk about the limit does not exist. Oh yeah, my God. it doesn't exist on appeals. She can do this until she's eligible for parole if she wants to. She oh can just God. appeal, appeal, appeal. It just depends on how much money and how much time her and her family and her lawyers want to spend on this fucking thing. But yeah, the people who have followed this trial and believe that the DNA evidence collected was done oh, yeah. What's improperly. Up with the knife? So the knife didn't really have any DNA evidence yeah. on it because it was submerged. Mm-hmm. The blouse that was in the water, it was never really confirmed if it was Sandra's or not. Although when you take it out, there's like big yellowish blotches all over it, you know, like blood being rinsed out in water for a long time. And then there's also the towel. So I think that in my mind's eye, she put the towel around her hand and then stabbed him with the knife to make it seem as if she wasn't going to have any bruises or oh. cuts or DNA evidence on anything because she's in her own home. There's there's really nothing to be like, oh, that towel That's- has your evidence on it. She's like, yeah, because I fucking did laundry yesterday. Like she could easily wrap that kitchen towel around that knife and go ham on her husband and like make That's it seem like an accident. Because the towel, the blouse and the knife were all found in the bottom of the jacuzzi water. And the jacuzzi water was like a weird, like orangish, like rustish color. Yeah. So it's like, that's blood. That's yeah, straight up yeah, blood. Yeah. There is a GoFundMe. This blew my mind. I found this yesterday. Um, there is a GoFundMe from a podcast called Truth and Justice. And I want to listen to this podcast because I want to hear his point of view. Um, but he's offering a $20,000 reward for information that will help solve the murder because they really just don't believe that Sandra could have done this. She still maintains her innocence. She still won't plead guilty. She still says, I never did it. And about $11,800 of that 20,000 reward has been raised. So what do you think? Did she do it? Did she not? I mean, I'm kind of convinced she did it. I feel like she could have, but she's just like maintaining her her innocence, innocence so hard. In I don't know, I wish they interviews. would have had more evidence, like more physical evidence. Yeah, like it. um, they said that they found some unidentified DNA in the bedroom, but the fingerprints didn't really match anybody. And the prosecution says nothing was stolen, but the defense says. Yeah, some pills from our medicine cabinet and some random like DVDs and electronics were stolen. It's just like they went through your jewelry. Yeah. They didn't take anything and things just looked like kind of pushed to the side. She's like, I don't want to fold these later. Like push uh, them to the side to make it look like someone rifled through them looking for something like maybe a weapon or maybe a, you yeah. know, hidden something. But that's interesting. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I like, I just, I can't believe that there is a podcast out there raising money to prove her innocence and to like get more information. Yeah. I want to listen to that. I I feel like that's going to be really interesting. It's called truth and justice. But yeah, isn't that so? I I I don't know. I'm I'm not season one, season like six. 
Oh, I'll have to find the I'll find the link and I'll send it to you. That shows that he's got this pod that he's got this. Yeah, uh, I go find me. Hear the specific story. Oh my gosh. Yeah, dude. Oh yeah, here it is. Reward fund to find Jim Melgar's murderer. Eleven thousand eight hundred five dollars of the twenty thousand goal. He says. Jim Melgar was murdered in his Houston home December 23rd, 2012. To date his killer has not been brought to justice. It's our firm belief that last year Jim's wife was wrongfully wrongfully convicted of his murder. They put an end to any further investigation of the case. We believe that Jim's murder was the result of a home invasion gone terribly wrong. We believe that there are at least three intruders in the house that night. Oh, because she was just like, yeah, I, I, I heard a girl talking to me to the person who was like tying me up after I got hit in the head. But then she was like, I don't remember if I got hit in the head or if I had a seizure. So it was like, what? Mm, um, this funds. Yeah. This funds is intended to offer incentive for these people to come forward to help put his killer or killers behind bars. The funds raised through this campaign will be placed by blah, 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 blah. Hmm. Expenses include meh, 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 in efforts, meh, meh, meh. Thank you for your meh, meh, encouragement meh. and support. <laughs> meh, meh, meh. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people have donated. That's interesting. I wonder if he's compelling in his podcast. 431 people have raised that much money in four months. He must be compelling. I want to find that. I know. I want to listen to it because I, I want to see like what so his... many seasons and it doesn't even show in the seasons like... Like what story is what? Yeah. It doesn't show anything. It's Annoying. weird. It's like Mike and Bob. <laughs> it's like what? It's like you feel for her and like you feel bad. I didn't watch the episode, but I watched like little clips because she's like, I miss my grandchildren. I miss my life. Like, no, I absolutely mm-hmm. did not murder my husband. But every time she says I did not murder my husband, she looks down. I feel like that's like a. Yeah, that's like a. It's like a guilty like tick. Because mm. I would look somebody dead in the eyes and just be like where's your right eye where's the truth telling eyeball that one i did not murder my husband because it's like if you looked in the left eye it was it would be false but if you look in the right eye it turns it's like you're telling the truth oh really she straight up looks down or yeah or if you look up but she looked down every time she's like no i did not murder my husband it was like bitch you did (laughs) oh my god yeah it's clear our point of view that was really aggro sorry Well, that settles my uh, opinion. (laughs) Fucking just yelled at her. I think it's clear what you think, Rachel. Oh, my gosh. All right, girl. Hey, a summer mind. Yes. You were mentioning it before we started. Yes. Now I want to know what it's all about. I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Um, So I was thinking, or I wasn't thinking. Today, I saw. (laughs) I thought, no, I was thinking. <laughs> These are multiple lanes. I'm going yes. to merge at the end of this freeway. It makes sense. Okay. Until at the end. Yes. Just not at the beginning. Yes. That's how our thought processes work. Okay. So I know we end this podcast with positive things and with the bloopers, mm-hmm. but uh, this also pertains to kind of what we were talking about earlier about with Mary and your self esteem and things like that. Mm-hmm. This honestly didn't, this wasn't my point in the beginning, but then it kind of correlated. Okay. So today I saw this quote and I decided we're going to make a hashtag about it. It says, say nothing negative about yourself for three days, for 45 days, for three months. See what happens to your life. Yoko Ono. 
Megan Mullally is the one that posted it. And I decided I'm going to, instead of starting a hashtag summer bod, I'm going to do a hashtag summer mind because I feel like we focus so much on the outside and trying to be these people on Instagram or maybe if we're thin, then we'll finally Personally, this is something I think of all the time. Maybe if I lose weight, I'll find a guy that I feel I deserve. And that's fucking stupid because that's not what gets the guy. It's your brain. Maybe it is physical things initially, but your body fades and we are not fucking 13 anymore. Mm -mm. Nope, that's an inappropriate age. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) We are not 18 anymore. We are not 18. (laughs) We're not young. And our brain is all we have. And we are so mean to ourselves. I would literally never say to you the things I say to myself. No. And I feel like we need to stop focusing on getting fit for bathing suits. We need to start focusing on getting strong in our minds and supporting our own selves. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. I'm going to raise my hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel you. <laughs> but it's I want to start the hashtag. True. Hashtag summer mind because we're going to do it. I'm going to do that on my personal Insta. Yes. Let's start doing it yes. for all these positive ladies. I feel like in 2019, we try. There's still women out there that are bullies, and it's fucking stupid, and I hate it. I, I still don't understand why that's the thing. Like, oh, yeah, I'm totally into feminism and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, but you're going to shit all over anyone who's doing anything, exactly. like, remotely good and bettersome for themselves. It's and just it's like, like then you're a trash human. And exactly. Bye. Like, turn around, and then they're, like, talking shit about someone at work yes, or whatever. It's, it's, it's always like, something. It's like You're a not flip-flop. a good person. Like, no. just stop. And I've been trying to be mindful this year to not talk talk shit about people and like spread gossip it's not healthy and it is not it's not constructive right it doesn't add anything to your life it doesn't make anyone's life better to like go and spread if you hear a story about someone and you're like oh my god guess what i heard like it doesn't do anything so there is something that I, my yoga teacher would every once in a while would say it in a class. And mm-hmm. sometimes I forget, but I feel like if I had this written down, I would really change my thought process. Mm. There are three questions that you ask yourself before you open up your fucking mouth hole and say mm. anything or even think it about yourself. Okay. First, is it true? Mm-hmm. Second, is it kind? And third, is it necessary? I like that. It's something to think about. Yeah. And it's just like it puts all the bullshit aside where you're just like, I know I could say this, but I really don't need to. No. It puts that like, yeah, it puts that filter on and that gate up before it's just like, okay, I should or shouldn't say this. Like, these are the questions you should be asking yourself before you open your mouth. Yeah. To say something negative towards anybody. Yeah. I'm going to say. To cap that, mm-hmm. my favorite quote I've ever heard is don't believe everything you think. Oh, my God. It's my favorite quote. It's I heard it favorite. initially from um, Pete Holmes, but a lot of people have been saying it recently. Mm-hmm. But um, I love that quote because 
you talk so much shit to yourself. We are our own worst enemies. We are our own worst enemies, bullies. We are the worst. We'll pick apart everything that we feel Ugh. is not up to par. But it's, like, but there's no up to par. There's no up to be anything. No. That's the it's thing. It's simply social media. And most of these people Comparison. that you're Comparison. Yeah. Most of the people you're even looking at, they, I love the women that do like the side by sides of like how I actually sit. And, and how I really on Instagram. And how I pose. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, oh, Real life. okay. Real like, life. Yeah. So yeah. I'm – and honestly, my next thought when I see those things are, oh, okay, you're gross too. But our new mindset needs to be, we're so beautiful and so wonderful. Yes. God. It doesn't – we're just – what is it? We're like – we're borrowed energy from like – the universe. I've yeah. seen, oh my God, I think I saw it on Reddit. What it was, and it was like, it was the brain, uh-huh. the eyes still attached to like the brain um, stem. stem, our skeleton, like our spine, mm-hmm. and then like some random nerves. And it was like, this is literally all we look like. We're just bags of meat (laughs) walking around using this borrowed stardust energy for some reason there's something inside of us that keeps us alive until we fucking die so weird i try not to think about it because i'm like if i think too hard maybe my blood will stop pumping (laughs) oh god no (laughs) but it's like this is the basis of what we all are so why are you treating anybody any different and why are you treating yourself as if you're something not worthy because you are worthy yeah and we have this like thing in our brains where it's just like i need to it's it's the self it's self-improvement but it's also like self like degradation of just like i need to improve myself but i have to deplete myself in order to get better just like but you don't we i feel like we were just all taught wrong oh for sure (laughs) we were all taught the wrong way of how to go through things and that's why yeah our parents are all sad yeah (laughs) a thousand percent yes we had the wrong mindset the whole time so and maybe you should listen to women part two part two (laughs) alabama give it a try oh my god it just hurts my brain it just anyways it just hurts my brain this is not not that type of podcast but oh my god but ladies summer all we can do is support one another. Support. Fight. Be happy for your friendships. Yes. Be happy. The growth. Fight for our rights. Yes. Speak up. Speak up. Same as men need to speak up for directions and asking for ask financial for help. help. Women, Women just need to support each help. other and just fucking don't be know that we're in your we're in your corner. Exactly. Like when you talk about the things that you're embarrassed about, you they lose their power. Yes. Like. Don't be embarrassed to ask for help. Don't be embarrassed to talk about these things. Everyone is going through the same exact, not everyone, but people, you will find that there are people out there going through such similar things Yes, that you will be shocked you are not alone. Yes. And as long as we stick together, yes, we will fucking rule the world. And go see Booksmart out Friday. They should seriously like it truly sponsor is. you. It's we're gonna dial up Olivia Wilde and be by like, the time listen to our episode. Out, yes, by the time this comes out, we the movie comes out. The movie comes out. And we have we yes. will have already seen it. I can't believe you won tickets. Oh yeah, I won tickets. Oh my god, I was having the worst fucking day. By the way, that oh my day, god, I dropped my tea on my desk. Like I was holding, I was so sleepy. I dropped my tea and it exploded up. It <gasps> went all 
over. No. Me. All over. Thankfully, I was wearing this sweater that does not cling. Like, it doesn't, like, Oh, absorb. you're, like, getting yes. the beads yes, off. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, and it fucking, it like, wiped off. And then yes, I, like, left God. it all on the floor of the carpet that in my office, the office. <laughs> and I just went straight and got coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's weak ass tea anyway. Uh, but then I was looking and I got a freaking DM that said I won two oh. tickets for me and my BFF. Oh my gosh. To go stink and go see Booksmart. And I was so, was so excited. Oh my God. So a group of us are going to go see Booksmart. And I recommend all you ladies on this holiday weekend on the. Go do something nice for yourself. Go and do something, go nice do for something fun with your girlfriends. Yes. Go see this movie. And go do yourself a favor. And for every horrible thing you want to say, say something positive. Replace it. Replace, Replace it. it with a positive one. As every- soon as you hear yourself saying something negative about yourself, if you looked in the mirror this morning and you were like, ugh, I hate my outfit. Replace it like, with a positive thought. Fuck. You're really funny. Yeah. Whatever it is that you feel It doesn't even have to be like a physicality. Like, oh, my legs look exactly. really good today. It's just like, no, you're really fucking smart or like your sense of humor is yes. on point or man you know how to cook or damn, damn don't you know you how to put brows together good today yes yes they exactly. look like sisters <laughs> not twins, twins. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i think about my eyeliner every fucking day because i do a fucking sisters, wing i'm just like they're their sisters, sisters not twins their sisters, sisters not twins <laughs> they're never gonna look the same you're always gonna have a wonky you, one you do not need a whole but it's fine black. but it's Fine. Yes. Yeah. You just got to you gotta talk yourself out of it. And if we are the ones to help <sighs> you do it, so, so be it. Because right. we are in your corner. And thank you to our heroes. Oh my gosh. Heroes I know. Holiday. Who are helping us help yes. you. Fucking. Exactly. Peace signs. Uh, I was at the graduation. You've just graduated the course of feminism. Yay! Round of applause And on that note, we'll see you next week for another horrible story. Bye! But Daddy's downstairs. Daddy's gonna hang out with you. I'm playing. You're recording. <laughs> I go downstairs. I'm not going. I am not go downstairs. Oh, because you gotta record. Okay, come here. Come see Santa. What do you gotta say? What do you think? Down, down. What else? You can you say waka waka? Waka waka. <laughs> what does can a ninja say? say? What does a ninja say? Yeah, very good. Okay, I said I went first. No, you go first. Yeah. Yeah. No, you go first. You go first now. Not like you went first last time. Like (laughs) earlier I told you. You got this. Yes. We're professionals. Professionals. And professionals sit. That's right. They don't jump. No. That's what she told Sam earlier. (laughs) Professionals, don't jump, Sam. No, stop. Just...
then that's amazing. And I'm sorry yeah. that it took us so long to do this. I know. Jeez, <laughs> Rachel. I know. Why didn't we come We've known each other this? for so many years. Four, five years. How long have we known each other? Five years. Five years. Because my anniversary. Five and a half years. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> Look at us. I know. It's so crazy. <laughs> so nuts. Just open your heart. <laughs> I just like that you make everything too musical. <laughs> My life is musical. That's oh, it's beautiful. One day, <laughs> one day, one day, my prince will come. You know, I don't enjoy the lyrics to that song. No, every one all... day you'll find that fucking prince on your own. Yeah, exactly. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. They get to the golf club and she had made dinner plans and she forgot. No, she didn't forget anything. So they get to the golf club. <laughs> Damn it. If you look around besides the person that you're talking to, it means that you have like a guilty conscience about something. Mm. Yeah. Don't ask me why I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm so tired. I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> hey. like that say, wasn't a real sentence. It, real. it was like a hashtag. It's like speak. he says that. I'm so tired. I'm so, so tired. tired. <laughs> what? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs>